From Vistio, this is recorded for Quality Assurance. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Welcome to CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk about how agents with the right training tools and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you could have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stay around and contribute to the long-term success of your company. So along with us today from the UK is Martin Anderson, co-founder and CEO of the BPO Lemon Contact Center. Thanks for joining us today, Martin. Good afternoon. and Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really glad to have you back on the show, man. We've been chatting all things World Cup and inflation and other global issues as we've been getting ready for our time today. It's always a pleasure just to have you and, and connect with you, somebody with whom we share a lot of values and appreciate the way you do what you do. And Really, that's why I brought you back on the show, man, because you post a lot of things on LinkedIn that catch my attention. You know, I try to pay attention to the people that I follow on LinkedIn. And if and I'm just if I'm not interested, if I'm not learning something, I don't really try to keep that kind of thing out of my feed. So you're always coming up in my feed and you always say things that are different in tone than a lot of your competitors that are posting on LinkedIn. You post from the the leadership chair in ways that are consistent with the things that your company's page are posting and you engage with people that work for you or used to work for you fresh and real and live and raw and linkedin i love that about the way that you engage but there's a specific theme that i have detected in your post that i, I want to ask you about because most companies and leaders, they talk about their companies and what makes them different or makes them better. But you talk about things like attention to detail, empathy that your agents provide in customer interactions, and really, at the end of the day, the way that your employees are living out your company's values and the way that that translates into value for your customer companies, right? The companies that come to you for the work that you do. And I've seen enough of your employees and former employees engaging with you on LinkedIn to kind of get the feel like there's something different going on with you and with Lemon. So my my first question is this, and this may be a little bit penetrative, but how do you know this is even really happening from the seat that you're in? And it's not just corporate speak. You know, it, it's everybody talks about how we have different values and we do this way and we do that way. And that's why you should do business with us. So how do you even really know as a leader in the CEO chair that you're not just doing corporate speak and that that's what's really happening inside your company? Thank you for for the kind words and thank you for for following really that's very kind of you and um and interacting and seeing the interactions that we're doing each day and I do find that you know with LinkedIn it's important for me personally I suppose a kind of like the brand creation and reflecting the business, but but it is a it is an honest reflection 
of, of me personally, direct reflection of my own ethos and values as a person. And I think also being you know, the founder of the business as well as a CEO, the business itself is a direct reflection of me and we build the values into the business in that kind of way. But it's a great question because a lot of companies out there say they do this, they do that, and it's important to them and everyone's doing it differently. That's their kind of USP when really everyone's saying the same thing kind of undermines that really. But, but you need to get down to actually, is it happening on the ground? Is it part of the ethos? If you walked into the company, do you feel that sort of coming off the walls and coming out of the people? And to sort of go back to your, your question directly, how do I know it's happening? There are a number of there are a number of ways, uh, I suppose. It's personally, I'm a very structured person, and I believe in good governance as well. If we say we're doing something, that we're going to do something, we have to have that structure in place to know it's know it's happening. You know, we have a, a saying in the UK, probably right across the globe. You guys will use it as well. That's what gets measured gets done. So we need to know that. So then it's about actually looking into the business and building habits, things that we want doing and making them habitual. So you're building into the core processes and what people are doing day in, day out, things that actually reflect what's important to us as a business, as people, us as an ethos. And again, touching on that, it's about that attention to detail. It's about when we do something through a process, Every moment of that process is done to a degree that we would personally be happy with. And a very, you know, one of our core values as a business is trust. And I'm going to talk to the team about that. It's about making sure that we're doing the right thing, even when no one's looking, no one will see or no one will ever find out. And if we do that continually and we do it habitually, and then everyone just comes in and that's just what they do because it's the process it just starts to happen and you start to feed in it. Then as a CEO, as an operator as well, I'm not only looking at reports, et cetera, telling me that things are happening, which I kind of want to happen, but I can walk into the business. I can see things. I can overhear, I can stand behind people. I can see people interacting and I can see it happening live. I can go and touch it and feel it. And that, 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 that gives me a sense of confidence because I know, therefore, I'm seeing it happen in real life. And it gives me a sense of pride, if I'm honest as well, because the business is growing and becoming this thing that reflects me. But then I also know that when I go and speak on LinkedIn uh, or in other environments, that it is that I can speak with confidence because I don't want to be someone just saying corporate BS because I'm just trying to get leads. And I think that's a very thin veil that can very easily with a few questions and probing things like you're asking now, I guess, can get through that. It will soon become evident that you are just trying to do sales corporate speak. And often as well, you know, as part of our business working with our clients or prospects or leads, we do always invite them to come in to Lemon, come in and see and speak to people and see the environment that we work in and, and the culture. They walk away knowing that what we talk about is true, knowing that, that that if they're a client with us, that we will do our damnedest across everything we can to make everything as best as it can be and constantly strive. I always, you know, it's a little detail again. When we have someone, we used to call people who come into the business, we used to call them visitors, people visiting from external companies. We've done a change now. We now call them guests. That may seem really tiny and small, right? Just a word, smaller word, but actually they're guests into our business because it's about 
I kind of look at other industries and, you know, I'm a big fan of the hospitality industry. And, you know, you look at really high caliber hotels and look at some amazing, the amazing way they can make you feel when you walk through that door. Kind of want to take all the best things from, from them industries when they have the guests come in. We, we transpose it into ours because that's context in the world of customer service, right? We are just all the same. We're all just dealing with customer service, trying to make people feel special. So it's about building those habitual habits in your process. It's about having good governance. Can't get away from that. But it's also about being able to go in and touch and feel and see things. And I like it. You know, I, I, I love the fact that for our clients and for our personnel, for welcoming people, for when people leave us, because they do, you know, clients can leave for different reasons and so can people because they move on to career. We always do things like send them gifts. Even if they're leaving, we send them gifts and wish them well. If someone's got an anniversary, birth of a new child, client or internal, we send them a gift. And this is something I always believed in right at the beginning when the business was small. And I'm so proud that even today, it's like literally standard for us if we have one of our clients and they've had a, had a baby they get like balloons and all that kind of stuff and, it, and it's amazing because you get messages personal messages back from them saying now wow like that's classy thank you you know thank you for that thought no one does that and it makes a difference and you know going to back to stuff we said before you put that kind of effort in and i think you start you know you reap the rewards uh on the back of that as you yeah. build respect for your brand but i mean it, it's one of those things where you know, the contact center world is full of examples of the corporate speak from leaders. And then not only is the execution, you know, kind of somewhere in a gray area, but it's tied to the fact that a lot of the agents don't believe in the ethos and the culture being genuinely something that connects everybody that works there together. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think any group of people that are tasked with, you know, a shared mission, right? If there's not a belief that we're on the same team yeah, and that we all understand what we're supposed to be doing. And that's where measuring the right things and keeping those measurements of the things that we've said matter to the forefront so that we can show that they matter. Yes. And strive to improve them if they're not where they need to be and celebrate them if they are where they need to be or if they're even exemplary. And all these sorts of dynamics connected with that interpersonal touch, that sense of, you know, we're in the foxhole, we use a military analogy, and all the bayonets are facing out, mm -hmm. right? There's no bayonets facing in, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, there's a sense of protection, there's a sense of oneness but I think that that's very unusual, really, because, you know, as companies scale, A, it becomes more difficult to do it, you know, just the tasks themselves. But at the same time, it becomes something that can go by the wayside just because there are so many more types of tasks that have to be accomplished, administrative tasks. And that's the point, isn't it? And I'd slightly challenge something you said there to an extent. It becomes more difficult to do. Things only become more difficult to do if you don't prioritize them. It's like not having enough time, right? We all have enough time to do things that we prioritize. And I think from a business perspective, and uh, and you alluded to it, I think, uh, on that second point as well, other things become priorities and we're growing. We don't need – because it's an expense as well, like a lot of the things to make a good service, it's a cost to the business. So we run – when people start and go through inductions at Lemon, we run things that revolve around our values workshops. We bring teams in and they sit around with facilitator and in terms of, and we talk about our values. We talk about why our values are important to us, 
what it means for the values of the business, examples of those values in personal and in in the business as well, and how we can expose them to our clients. Because that's the the job of someone who joins us. They have to get on board with that and they have to show them values in the calls to their peers, to their members, to the clients, to everyone around them. Ultimately, from top to bottom, you know, left to right, those values have to be there. But you're right in what you said earlier on as well. Going back to my kind of governance side, you can also include that in your reporting structure. So we look at within our within our governance report, where have the values been demonstrated? How can we look at how we've, you know, quality is a great example. How can we look at we've been empathetic on the calls uh, with the clients who's gone over and above with maybe empathy with, with with one of their colleagues and and then we can take that as an example and show that to people as well and and really get people to get behind that because because the really nice thing is these values are good things you you know the values if you follow them are, are going to be nice to, to place to work nice place to, to provide a service but it is about the detail it's going back to the point you we have to make sure the small things are done if we do the small things right over and over again, the big things, right? Look after, look after themselves, and the service looks after themselves. And you kind of then, it's a beautiful thing because you know, you don't have to worry so much about the bigger picture. And I kind of mentioned in one of my LinkedIn posts, and you probably saw it. You know, if you come into the office and you look at the data cables or the comms cables, they are yellow and black. They are branded. They should be neat, pedantic under the desk. Everything should be tidy. It's a reflection of us. If people walk on, it's it, the clients will see it's a reflection of us. And I think that. In many industries, contact center or otherwise, you know that business by stepping out, being that flannel water, looking around. You said it before, you walk into a restaurant, if you go into the bathroom, that's how you know how nice the kitchen is and how good the quality of the service is. If that's looked after, you know you're in a in a safe space. But attention to detail, it, it is absolutely everything. I did see that post, and I want to come back to that in a second, but you know, I take your point that it's not that the tasks become more difficult themselves. It's that it becomes more difficult to remember and enculturate and to continue to prioritize those things. If you start to let them slip yes. because of the tasks that are added as you scale. And I want to go back to the other thing that you mentioned, which is it's a cost to the business. Yes. Right. And so the other thing that tends to happen as companies scale is either they take on venture capital or yeah. they take on outside influences on what that bottom line looks like or the bottom line itself needs to be shared with more people. Yeah. The thing that made it great suddenly comes under threat because more people want to benefit from what's great on the ownership yeah. side or stockholding yeah. side or whatever it would be they and sell ultimately, the, the devil. <laughs> essentially, you know, in trying to grow the business oftentimes, <laughs> yeah. you know, founders end up selling out the soul of the yeah. business. Yes. And yes. so what made it successful oftentimes suffers. And you know, and I I've seen this happen where, you know, the there's a a, a tug of war really at that point. It's an inflection mm -hmm. point, right? Where, you know, the ownership feels grief as they're passing the torch or adding additional voices in the boardroom because they recognize that in order to make the additional owners that brought capital to the table to make growth happen happy there's no longer a shared commitment to what made it successful and profitable yeah. to begin with and so it's it's something that a lot of founders struggle with and honestly lose sight of because they're getting a payday in some cases to you know walk away or to take a a secondary role 
or to have a reduced ownership stake in their business that they started. And if you're not careful in that scenario, the people that you've brought in to help it grow are going to be you know, working against what made it good to begin with. And I think that comes down to the very core of why a founder, if it's a founder scenario, why the business was started in the first place. If it was started with a, a direction of travel that you wanted to achieve a certain revenue and EBITDA to, to have a certain value of your business and exit with a certain timescale, all the things you mentioned there are critical to get your net profit to where it wants to be, et cetera, et cetera, and grow fast. But if you found a business on the basis of wanting to provide a, a service that you can be proud of and grow something that will live beyond you and something that will be synonymous with good service, and there are lots of fantastic examples of people who've gone out there and done these businesses. Richard Branson, from the UK perspective, has gone on, on with Virgin. Like The ethos of them, their businesses lives on and they provide something which is which is truly, truly fantastic. And I think that's that is core to to being a success. I mean, the one beautiful thing from my perspective, because we're founders and owners, you know, it, it gives us an advantage because we still deeply care about our service, about our clients, and about our team. And you know, we we're willing to put that additional cost and time and effort into to make it a fantastic place on the belief that it's being a fantastic place to work, looking after our employees spending time talking about what's important to us and our values will inevitably grow, well, it inevitably will retain customers because ultimately happy employees do retain customers. It's not a cost. It's the direct line of retained revenue. But on the back of that, referrals, we will win new business. And when we go speak to new clients, if they've heard good things about us, it's much easier getting through the door. And we've got an advantage because a lot of people start in a sales conversation on the back foot because you're already kind of distrusted just by the fact that you're selling something you know you're already on the back foot trying to make up but if someone has an element a great element of trust in you because of your brand and what they've seen and the voice and and what people are saying about you it puts you in a fantastic position to talk to people uh win new business and move on and do good and do good good things it's it's you know it's fun right personally in business because i really really enjoy it all the stuff that comes off on the back of that any financial reward nice things holidays and things is on the back of actually just really enjoying being a business and trying to trying to do something good. I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of like pause right now because there's so much that you just said that <laughs> I, we always record this. I'm really glad we're recording. There's so much that you just said that every business leader, no matter what their founder manager of any kind can benefit from Martin. And that is that you cannot replace the business value of actually believing in and caring about the doing of the business and the people that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. And absent that caring, there's going to be things that suffer. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. In, there's no way around that. There's It, it is just sort of like um, the truth that is too painful for many to even consider in business because they know their heart's not in what they do for work. Right. And, and I get how this happens. You got to pay your bills. Right. So, you know, you got to make a living. You have to take care of yourself and your family. So you end up in a job or a career or whatever. But when I hear you talk, I resonate with so much of what you say because there's depth of conviction for you. Mm-hmm. And your credibility as a leader translates to your whole organization because you're doing what you do with a belief in what you do and a care for the people you do it with. And you can't manufacture that, right? And it's then. It is. It is a source of pride. And it's a pride that's contagious. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So when one of your agents is on a customer interaction, they feel the backdrop and the foundation of all the things that you've just expressed. Right. And and I think it's a challenge for all of us who lead in business to be in that place, if you can be in that place and to allow that to be contagious. And and the other thing I'll say, too, as somebody who is technically in a sales role, you can't buy credibility. No. So if you have credibility that is lent to you by people who believe in what you do and how you do it, it's something you can't buy. It's something that is either there or it's not, right? And so when you go into a sales engagement, you're trying to build new pipeline for Lemon, they have either an understanding of who you are and what you do, or they can access that understanding or they don't. And all the value and values that you've just expressed and how you think about the inner workings of your company are either going to permeate what is out there about Lemon or it's not, right? If it's not, if it's not present, it can't permeate and it can't become something that assists in the sales function that is part of business. And there's got to be constant, right? Going back to that point, it, you're exactly right in what you're saying. If someone walks into the business, they have to be able to feel that. Speak to an operator, speak to a manager, see it on the walls, see it in everything that we do. It, you know, it's absolutely critical. And I, I would say as well, you know, when you're trying to build those values in your business, going back to the kind of the processes and things, because it does get, you know, it does get down to the sort of like the nitty-gritty of the of the day-to-day tasks that you you need to build functional habits within your team that are easy to do, that are rewarding and can lend itself to the company following values that you want. You've got to you've got to actively encourage people to to come on that journey with you and make the most out of people's habits. It's an absolutely critical thing because we're all creatures that might take the easiest route, which might not always be the best one. So it's about enforcing those good habits, just as you do with anyone around you. You know, <laughs> you are kids. That's what we do, right? To make them good people, rounded people at the end of the day. And it's no different in business. But, if, you know, if, if going back to your post that you mentioned about the comms room, right? And that was actually, I think, the post that kind of provoked the idea for today's show, because it was very much about the the attention to detail and, and the bigger themes that I've seen you post about kind of thread through that one. But, you know, I used to be in audio video contracting. And so I would install racks of AV equipment and I would run cable and I would dress cable installations and build cable chases and, and public facilities and things of that nature. And the kind of work that you do in the areas that the majority of people are never going to see it, Mm -hmm. the kind of work that you do where only internal people are going to see it just about it might not matter in a lot of people's minds, but it matters because it's either a reinforcement of the spoken values mm-hmm. and spoken culture, or it's a contradiction of it. It's one of the two, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that goes alongside that in any business is if we're going to talk about you know, accountability for small detail and have a leadership holding employees accountable for that, but the leadership are not consistent in the way they live out the other values of the company, mm-hmm. then that's going to ring hollow. Yes. And it's really going to actually contribute to a very negative feeling and a sense of disjointedness. It's going to feel like there's a bayonet facing in, in the foxhole from leaders who aren't consistent and who are, Hey, well, you expect me to do this, but you do, you do these things that are wildly inconsistent and people don't necessarily articulate that. And, and write down a list and specify, but they feel it. It's subconscious. 
a lot of it is subconscious. It's things that you'll see in your periphery vision when you walk into a building, when you walk into an office, you'll see things and you'll know, especially if you have that attention to detail, you'll know within seconds if you want to do business with these people. You'll just feel it straight away. And you may even go through the dance of the sales process, the, you know, the proposals, but you'll know, you'll know. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes we think we should think with our logical brain and not our emotion, but you know, you get into the psychology of it or the neuroscience of it. Our emotions actually are quite clever. They, they have a lot of powerful intellect. It just so happens they can't communicate in language, right? So it's still telling us a lot of things. That gut feeling might not be in words, but it says a lot. And you'll know within seconds of being anywhere. You know if you walk into an environment, a restaurant, you know when you want to be in there or not. But it is, you know, I have an ethos. You know, I like my sayings. You might have got that already from the conversations we've had over time. But, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And when I first heard that, I didn't quite understand it. I didn't quite understand the resonance of it. But it is one of the most important things. And every single day, every activity that you do, and I mean, it's on a personal level, right? Not just business. So the two things do overlap. How you do anything is how you do everything. Get everything right how you feel is matching you as a person your values and whatever you're you're representing and if you do that everything else will take care of itself i strongly believe in that it's really a beautiful thing you know and i'm tempted to go down five different rabbit holes right now because you know we're touching on and bumping up against several subjects that are very near and dear to my heart i post on linkedin this week about a personal side project of mine that is focused on cultivating mindfulness and self-awareness in myself and encouraging mm-hmm. others to do the same. And I would just say without going any further down that you know conversational path, that the way that we lead and set up our employees within our business will either feel like a violation of themselves to them or something that allows them to be true to themselves. And that's where I think you are saying, you know, you you know whether you want to do business with a company. You know whether you want to be an employee of that company. You feel it. You might not be able to logically articulate all of the dynamics of that or write down a a list or uh, build a scorecard or a spreadsheet right out of the gun. But there is a sense of tension that tends to arise Mm -hmm. when we interact with any person or organization, and especially when you work for that organization. And I go back to that position of the agent, right, where in many cases, agents are being hired to provide a task at a price and all of this deeper why, and, and, and this is especially true in, in, in BPO world, unfortunately, but it can be true in any business of any type of any flavor anywhere in the world where it just gets reduced to the brass tax, the irreducible minimum of here's what we pay you and here's what we want you to get done. Yeah. And ultimately I would argue that humans are more than that. And yeah. you know, when the things that we're asking people to do or that we're being asked to do don't line up with who we are, whether we're conscious of all the dynamics of that or not, it creates attention. So when I think about this question that we've been kind of batting back and forth today, Martin, which is, you know, building a culture that is consistent with the spoken values and cultural things that's lived out, that's shown and that's seen. I think this is a challenge for every business leader everywhere. And when it comes to call center contacts in our world. The reason it's unique is because these are people, these agents are people who face the customer all day. Yes. It's a tough road. And, and it's also a massively essential component 
of the overall business operation because you're dealing with the people who bring in the revenue or they don't. They they're going to vote with their feet. They're going to vote with their with their money. And for the people that interact with them to feel connected and true to themselves and that their mission is something that's shared by even the top levels of leadership and that it's consistent and that it's safe to be themselves within that context and feel genuine in their work. I think this is the way global conversations about work are going and I'm excited about it. And it's one of the reasons I love bringing you on the show because you know this is what's important to you and always has been at Lemon. And we want to talk about things that are wrong and things that need work, but we also want to celebrate things that are right and things that are going well. So I think as well, just to just to do a final word, I think it's so important, you know, to underline what you're saying there, that we become conscious of what our subconscious of the things that are happening around us. We've got to put them into our conscious mind and have these discussions. Yeah. Because if we don't, they'll just lead us down a path and we end up calling it fate. And that doesn't need to be the case. Well said. Couldn't have said it better. I think we should end on that. But we're looking forward to having you back again, Martin, and we wish you the best and very thankful for your contribution to the CX world. And yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you very much. All right, everybody have a great Tuesday. Make a difference where you are. Take care. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, Go to vistio.io forward slash CX Live.